Is he is he a bad guy? Yeah. How can you tell? Because he's a podcaster. There's no good podcasters. If I drive for you, you give me a time and a place. I give you a five minute window. Anything happens in that five minutes, and I'm yours, no matter what. I don't sit in while you're running it down. I don't carry a gun. I drive. So you just moved to LA? No, I've been here for a while. What do you do? I drive for movies. Is that dangerous? It's only part-time. You put this kid behind the wheel. There's nothing he can't do. Kid, I want you to meet Mr. Bernie Rose. My hands are a little dirty. So am I. My husband's coming home. Where is he? He's in prison. There's some guys that want me to do a job for him, and I'm not going to do it. What is that you got there? One of those men gave you that? What's the job? When you get your money, his debt's paid. You never go near his family again. be a second car? You said there would be another car to hold us up. Whose money do I have? I'm gonna tell you something. Anybody finds out we're both dead. That's why this driver's gotta go, Bernie. He's gotta go. Any dreams you have or plans for your future, I think you're gonna have to put that on hold. For the rest of your life, you're gonna be looking over your shoulder. All right, Pints of Popcorn back for another week. Really excited for this week's episode. Um, Shay on the other side of the screen with me as always. This week we have Drive on the agenda 2011 film from uh, directed by nicholas winding refn uh based on novel a 2005 novel of the same name drive by james salas uh screenplay by hosin amini uh starring of course ryan gosling who's just in a just in a moment right now so we we decided we continue with the gosling theme with a starkly different film um from uh, last well, two weeks ago when we did the nice guys as well as his barbie role this film is just really highlights uh the difference in his acting that he can put that the, the performances he does have it within him also starring carrie mulligan brian cranston uh, ron perlman albert brooks uh christina Hendricks, and oscar isaac as well shay i am very excited to get into this with you how are you i am good <laughs> <laughs> um no um this was a movie we decided to do after like we just couldn't get enough gosling off of barbie which we haven't done yet and we'll probably mm. give that some time but we had just done nice guys and just we needed more gosling and we wanted he kind of plays a similar character in barbie and nice guys in a way and in mm. this he just plays like he shows off his acting range and i think it was like uh 
a really good choice to just like keep furthering the pod like i think the cool thing about movies is you can jump from one section to the other just through one performance and i think this can take us in a more serious way like for our next one if that makes sense so yes yeah yeah no we already do have one on deck next time we think uh we seem to be in agreement on that off air yes that has nothing to do with what i just said now that i think about it but in the future Yeah, no, it is. Um, obviously, we'll get to a lot about it because there is some other performances in this movie that that are equally as good as uh, Ryan Gosling, and we'll get to that. But it is kind of the thread that we wanted to, uh, the the needle we wanted to thread. Is that the whatever? Who cares? The thread we wanted to continue. Yes. Um. Of we're not kind of, here kind of just... for metaphors or similes. <laughs> we're here to talk about movies, and um, we like to have like a a through line. And so right now yeah. we have a through line. And, and yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of the thesis of our podcast and what we want to do is like we like to have a deep dive on on movies and try to get into the nuts and bolts of it. But it's also like the genesis of this podcast was but like. You and I sitting on bar stools, getting progressively uh, more inebriated, but talking allegedly mo- and talking movies. Yeah, allegedly. Um, I've never been drunk before in my life. As we talk as we talk movies, and it kind of just naturally goes that way. And I, I can imagine us having watched the Nice Guys and Barbie sitting in a bar and going, "Man, Drive! Remember that movie from like you know twelve years ago now?" And us starting to talk about that. So that's we probably did it, yeah. back then. Because it would have been fresh when, because we're old now. But mm-hmm. I guarantee, I, don't think, I, I right. don't think I saw it in college. I, I, my, I, okay. I have a very fresh memory of the first time I watched it. And it was like after Andrea and I were married. So I'm sure, really? you, I'm ah. sure you had, and I reckon you did talk to me about it. And I was just like, it's on my list, and it just stayed on my list until I watched it. And I'll, I'll talk about that because I, like, I think there's a thing. I mean, just to start off, I think there's a there's a part of me that has like when I watch a movie that really hits uh, for the first time, I remember exactly where I was when I watched it. Like some oh, movies, yeah. I'm like some movies that I love, I I have I've watched so many times, and I don't really remember what, where. But Drive, kind of like um, I just recently watched the movie we're going to do next, and I rem- I will remember that moment forever because like it's just like, and there's a lot of other movies that I just I will have fallen in love with like once upon a time in hollywood the first movie we did i remember watching that for the first time same with pulp, pulp fiction reservoir dogs every tarantino really i um, don't remember pulp fiction but that's been a while but i remember most like good movies that i saw where i was the first time yeah and i can't remember like where my car keys are but i can remember this shit for some reason <laughs> i remember watching drive the human like brain, i was man. so like when it came out in 2011 which i th- i think you said at the top of the hour or the top of the show um mm-hmm. i remember like wa- watching a, a legal stream of it in my first apartment in eugene oregon when i was 22 years old and, allegedly allegedly and i was just like because it had gotten so much hype and it was just like it reminds me of such a place in time and i don't mean to jump like subjects or anything but this is like mm. my little brief personal experience with it is like um daft punk was having a huge moment in mm. that little 2011 2012 
era and they like it was like oh this movie with like gosling before he was like a superstar but still a star but it was like this guy's so sleek and cool daft punk did the soundtrack it's like you got to see this movie and then i think it's a movie that nobody was expecting kind of like nice guys like we talked about last can i just jump in for a second yes You you do realize daft punk didn't do the soundtrack right edit it out <laughs> i thought that was the whole thing no no you might be thinking of uh no no it's uh cliff no. <laughs> <laughs> now you want to start over no 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 no. this is this is this that no, no i i i'm jumping into no i can I, so when you started saying that i was just like i thought you were making a point about daft punk uh because they didn't tron legacy probably a year before and that that soundtrack blew up um and then there was, and they they were just having a moment as well, and probably kind of the height of their the awareness that people had of them. And this soundtrack does have a very similar kind of vibe to it. It's different. It's very oh, damn it. Okay. Well, again, I, I hey look, said, I, ju- I said I, we're I, at a bar talking about movies. I totally this is I mean, bar, this is bar chat. It's like you you make it you you kind of go because it so, so when you're watching it, you hear a Daft Punk vibe, right? Like that's it does have the. Well, I want to talk about like the title. And it's maybe not the title track, but it's a song that plays in it, and it's a song at the end. I want to talk about that track. Yeah, it's no, I I will get to that as well. Well, and I thought that was Daft Punk. For yeah, sure. no, it's um, like sampling something, but yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, the soundtrack, the main soundtrack, the the uh, score is by Cliff Martinez, and then there's a couple of songs. The one that you're talking about, like um, a real hero or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, human being. Um, I don't have the name of it in front of me, like, but there, there's like a couple of people involved in that. And then same with the first track, the one that's playing over the titles as well is a different, but yeah, it's, it's got a real 80 synthy, uh, but also modern synthy vibe, which I can get the Daft Punk out of it. We won't edit it out. Cause I think that's, that's bar chat in a nutshell is like, you just, you just think that something is what it was. And then, and then you get it blown up in your face and I'm sorry. Like, well, it's just like, yeah. But I, I get it. I, I, I hear that. I see what you're getting at. No, but I just, like, remember both. Like, I think that when I saw Drive, it was, like, um when Daft Punk's first, like, not first, but their big hit when we were in college hit. I remember like, them being, like, yeah, yeah, around that time. Yeah. Get Lucky, when... I believe is what it was called. And so it was, like, right in tune with this movie in my mm-hmm. head. And that's 12 years ago now. Yeah, so. and, and that's the thing, was we're talking I about. I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> No, I uh um speaking of speaking of the first time we saw it in the music, I remember um so the first time I watched it I'd known of it for a long time, it had been on my list and I think it was on Netflix in Australia and um Andrea was going to sleep early cuz she she her work with the winery was earlier than my work at the bowling alley and uh so I was like I'm going to watch a movie in bed. Um I had the headphones for my PlayStation so I could like Bluetooth listen I could listen to the movie. Oh, that had to be dope. On on good I know good headphones. They're really like, quiet movie, except yeah. when it's yeah. Well, it has like, and we'll talk. We'll get into the sound and stuff because I think some of the sound design and it, it got not the one Oscar it got nominated for was sound editing. So um, I think the, sound wins. the movies no, it didn't. I I have some points to make about the Oscars in this movie um, later. Um, but I remember just at the end when that final track is playing, I remember there being little tears in my eyes, and I just was like, this movie's hit me. I remember yeah. lying there. Not knowing what to expect because I knew I'd watched the trailer, I'd enjoyed what I'd seen years ago, like from the trailer, and being like, "Yeah, I really want to watch that." And I just, I, 
but there was something about what I'd seen and what I'd heard about the movie. I was like, I need to be fully invested. Like I need to be sitting there, no distractions, which I was that first time I watched it and be able to fully take it in. And I'm glad I did. It took me a few years to get to it because I think this is probably 2017 when I finally saw it. So we're talking six years later. Um, but yeah, I'm it, shocked. Yeah, because it was yeah. right up. I, but Gosling wasn't what he was until I don't know how. I don't know what really made Gosling, he's, and that's he's a different story. He's but. had an interesting trajectory because, like, he had so many movies in that time. Like, um, you know, after that, he had Only God Forgives, which is also winning Reffin. Um, you know, Place Beyond the Pines, The Ides of March. You know, he goes. He was definitely and, trying to change his image. Yeah, he was doing. He was doing challenging, different roles, different characters. Um, but you know, and then he. But he also did the Slaughter Rule, which I'm going to bring up on every podcast now. That movie. I like. I like that you're just finding that. I, I'm gonna have to fucking watch it at some point soon, so I can actually know it, what you're talking about. It, but dude, it, this is before I was like into cinema. I was like into music. I was into sports. Like before, I really got into cinema. Like 1920. Yeah. This movie yeah. was on. It was like, oh, Ryan Gosling's in a football movie. This will be fun. David O. Russell did it, I believe. Um, mm. And I didn't fucking know who David O. Russell was back then. I don't think anybody did when I, when we would have been nineteen twenty. But mm. um, yeah, that movie fucked me up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a fucking we- like it like that along with a couple other movies in that time when ifc was still a movie channel without like any commercials and like actually for like film fans like that's what really got me into film was like mm-hmm. ifc i don't remember why i started on the side of trap but it was i think ryan gosling thought people thought that he was too bubble gummy and so he started doing all these roles that were like well yeah. i mean i mean because for a long time he was the notebook guy like even after... i haven't seen yeah, Sorry. and like, look, he he's great in the Notebook. Like, I will say that. Um, same with Rachel McAdams. Like, that movie probably wouldn't be what it was. Two great that. actors. Yeah. yeah. Um, hated but... each other on hated each other on set and then dated for two years. So just just a that's how it a, goes. Just a, great meta, just a great metaphor for life, right there. That's how um, it, have you ever met these couples who hate each other right away? And it's like, oh my god, you guys are in love. That's yeah. why you guys hate each other right away because you're both. It's, you're both pissed at how attracted you are to the other person i've never had it myself (laughs) but but i've seen it Uh, Uh, yeah this movie has a little bit of that in it Mm. not really so what is like um before we get into the nuts and bolts of it like what is just your overall feelings on the movie i guess like just general thoughts of of the movie itself and and kind of the impact it made and anything else really just a general thought yeah. of the movie, and then we'll get into different aspects of it i got notes yeah i think it's i think it's a good action flick that has a lot of nuance to it and a lot of good acting which i do not equate with action movies i think mm-hmm. it was a new way to do an action movie and i think like i don't think people were ready for that and that at yeah. the time like i don't think it was a very popular movie i mean i haven't checked the rotten tomatoes um but back then i think people were like confused about what it was Mm -hmm. and i think it does um actually test the audience and i think we talk about this a lot about with the movies we do it's like a lot of audiences don't want to be tested and they definitely don't want to 
like feel like they had the rug pulled out from under them. They don't want to feel like they were sold something and it's something else. And I think this movie maybe did that back then, if I can remember it. Well, no, it's interesting. I, I had this in my notes to bring up later, but I feel like the, it's a perfect time now. Have you heard the story about the lawsuit against the movie? <laughs> Have no. you? No? no. So the, a lady, a lady named Sarah Deming out of uh, Michigan sued the film for its misleading trailer. Uh, essentially, um, to boil it down, she there's a, there's a lot there's some deeper stuff to it, but like her uh, the first part of the suit was that uh, she the trailer was misleading because it led her to believe that it was essentially going to be a Fast and the Furious style movie. And exactly, uh, yeah. And, I mean, I'm not agreeing with this lawsuit. And what was she suing for? What twelve dollars? Even uh, back in uh, yeah, I think, I think she wanted to re- I think she wanted a refund for her tickets and then but then I don't know but then she also give her the in... fucking refund instead of hiring a goddamn yeah. lawyer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right uh, but then this is the more kind of this is the more serious part of it um, she did uh, also and I feel like she added this in just to kind of because her lawyer probably was like you need a little bit more than the fact that you're a dumbass and so she I need added... to make my my hourly wages so you yeah. need me to something else yeah so she added in that it is coded anti-semitism because the albert brooks and ron perlman <laughs> character are, are like are like the ghouly uh, are essentially yeah yeah albert brooks is like part of like some <laughs> and fucking ron perlman like who's <laughs> definitely not jewish either i think well maybe he is i don't know i don't know I, perlman doesn't know albert like... brooks is it but yeah um... albert brooks is maybe all right, ne- never mind. But he's yeah, like so... on. He's like curb your enthusiasm level Judaism. Yeah. So like, yeah. So I don't yeah. think Ron Perlman actually is though. But I don't. I don't know. I don't like, and that's like that's kind of besides the point. But yeah, um, yeah. So she. So what happened with that was like the judge threw it out here pretty pretty quickly. She's <laughs> like, but, this is bullshit, yeah. and then she sued the judge, and then the judge that was judging the judge that threw it out also threw it out because that judge was also like this is bullshit but then for some reason the lawyer that took the case was just like he'd gotten pissed at this point and then he fucking was filed a suit so in 2017 it was still going on i haven't seen much else since and i think it's probably just been probably out. settled out of court for like well I, I assume it got thrown out because because there was two, there was a few things that they had going for. Because then, then the defense in 2017 was like Albert Brooks was part of the de- the defense. Nicholas, like the director of Winding Reffin. he signed a contract as, uh, dude. We're <laughs> it was ridic- I don't want to. No, no, I'm, 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 we're not getting into. I'm just talking about like this is to your point back about the film being somewhat misunderstood based on a trailer. That's not movie. what I meant at all. So, no, no, but, no, no, but this is this is the thing is like she someone literally filed a suit. I think her main point was she was pissed off about the trailer, but then like yeah. I, but she also threw in and then, um, but yeah, I think it's been thrown out because there was like beyond the point that the because the, the next suit got filed in federal court, and I think there was a few things going against them there because the fact that it had already been adjudicated means that they can just throw it out again. Um, also. And this is dark. This is a dark place to be. But code, like, even if you think it's coded anti-Semitism, the stupid, stupid thing about First Amendment rights is that hey, you can have a movie with that if you want, because we know that there's those dark people. We don't support that, though. We We don't. We don't. But it was just such a stupid suit. But anyway, looking at you, that sums up. That'll get me in trouble. Yeah. 
that sums up how stupid that that sums up some of the misunderstanding because there was someone that started the lawsuit based on the fact she was pissed because she didn't understand the trailer. She thought it was I fast. Think, she thought it was yeah. fast and the furious with the notebook guy. I think is what she she saw that trailer was. I like, think a lot of us thought that Ryan Gosling. I'm going to sue a company for it being like I yeah. I think it was mismarketed again with like we talked about last oh, week. The nice was, guys. It was mismarketed because these studios don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, which we like which we've shown over and over again like they well, don't to know be how... fair, to be fair though i watch a trailer and I go i don't see fart like i like trailers are naturally going to show some more action-packed stuff in there but the trailer does show like ironically shows a lot of the dialogue which is a lot of like it, well there's not a lot in it but... <laughs> but no but i actually like it like i don't like i like that the trailer shows certain things and then there's stuff that you see in the movie that we'll get to that you don't see like because so many trailers these days tr- give away half of the movie and I don't like trailers. Yeah, make, I mean, you print the shirt. Shay doesn't <laughs> like trailers. You know that as my friend. I know, like, you, I, you watch them on if you're gonna if you wa- even watch them at all, you watch them on mute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I saw like maybe thirty seconds of the Killers of the Flower Sun. I believe is what Flower it's called. Moon. Yeah, Flower Moon. Because there's like a great history book called um, The Empires of the Summer um, Empire of the Sun. No, no, Empire of the Summer Moon. Yes, yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking of the the book about the second Second World War. Civically. Also, the Rage Against the Machine song. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's very uh, confusing. Um, no, but I will have that right by the time it comes out. But I don't want to watch trailers. I don't want like because trailers now, and I wanted to say this on our last pod, and maybe I did. I don't remember. Um, but one maybe the only good thing that covid did for the for this world is that now trailers are so much shorter in the movies like when i go there's like two trailers and then it's straight to the movie and i'm like oh Fuck we, we have the complete opposite here somewhere. well yeah you live in la <laughs> <laughs> la is not where most people live i had two before oppenheimer and i was like mm. "Fuck yes get me to new mexico <laughs> yeah i guess I, I i can i i love trailers as part of the experience but that's that's me um, they ruin the movies now though I that, like... well that is like the the art of the trailer back in the day used to actually be an art form now it is just i agree with you completely yeah, yeah like um because uh, i mean we go to quentin's theater like the new beverly down here and like there's the trailers they show they, they do like a kate curated trailers before a movie to kind of give the theme and some of the old trailers they show are just great um some of them are still a little bit too telly but a lot of the time they just they like you have the old gut the, the that same voiceover guy that's on like a million trailers like coming this, this. summer yeah so i'm terrible yeah yeah but you know the guy you know the voice um, coming in july yeah <laughs> You thought he was dead. <laughs> like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, I tie yeah. that to like Rambo Free. I, like that stuff yeah, like that. I but, tie and, that to like action movies, but he did all of them. Yeah. It's like just when you thought she wasn't gonna get married. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh shit. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I just hate like I hate it as like a thing. It's like give it and they're like four minutes long now, too. It's like 30 mm. seconds is enough. Like, give me 30 seconds of a flick yeah bang 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 like uh, whatever 
yeah. don't know. It's a it's not a good hill to die on, but it's just a hill that I will die on. No, I, I, don't... A, I do see that in the in modern social media as well. People just being like really excited for this trailer, and then they watch it and they go, "Well, I just feel like I found out too much about the movie." So, um, yeah, there is an art form to cutting up a trailer and making sure it it tells the the whole idea of a trailer is tell the audience why they want to see it without showing them what the movie is and i think that's what the i mean obviously the to get it back on point the drive trailer did that because to me i didn't i wasn't going into it and we'll get it we'll get into it now like i my main point about drive is beyond all the and we'll get into some of the action because i think some of the action all that's beautiful later on as well but my thing that i love about this movie so much is it is i think one of the great like love stories on film that doesn't actually show like they never say the words i love you are never uttered there's only one kiss there's no gratuitous love scene or anything like that oh yeah we'll talk about i didn't i I didn't get any of that out of the trailer so this movie the main thing that emotionally impacted me out of everything that happened in this movie i had i mean you kind of got that there was some thing there but you just thought ah you know maybe generic love interest in action movie um but the the power you took out of i mean all the characters in this movie are actually quite great like it's it's a great character movie um despite the fact it's um i mean it's so well written that you don't need like a lot of dialogue because it's something i i remember taylor sheridan like the writer of hello high water yellowstone sicario all those kind of movies he talks about his experience on tv and how he hated working on like i mean he like i think he got a fair bit out of sons of anarchy but like the thing he took out of being an actor on sons of anarchy is like there's so much exposition that's kind of deliberately dumped and like so he took the tact that when he was writing a movie like hello high water that he tried to tell the story naturally like we don't actually often over talk like people in natural conversations don't just just spit out everything that's going on it's it's all like we kind of know we get the we get so and drive does that it's it's very naturalistic almost i mean the driver who you know ryan gosling's character is just the driver we never hear a name or anything like that um from the maybe maybe, maybe he maybe his dialogue is so below that but there is also the idea that this movie is a somewhat of a fairy tale which the the director says he's like this is a superhero in my fairy tale world of los angeles we'll get to that but um yeah, I think this movie does such a good job of telling a story and making characters really believable and and you feel for them. Yeah. Without having to overdo it on dialogue. Um and the and the core of that is the Carrie Mulligan as Irene and and Gosling as the driver is their love story is told so well without needing any of that stuff that a lot of movies do. It's it's incredibly yeah. unique in that fashion. Yes, definitely. And I think that's another reason why people like why you would sue for this is like you have like Ryan Gosling, who's one of the most charming people of all time in a role where he says virtually nothing, despite Mm -hmm. still finding a way to be charming. (laughs) Um, But I think people go to movies to like escape their lives. And if they're sold something like that they think they're going to be able to escape their lives but it is more like you and i love indie flicks we love mm. we love stuff that m- makes you look inward and we love being challenged at at um the theater i mean maybe not love it but we like like the challenge of it no, and we like uh, yeah we like filmmakers pushing us as people and like to think about something a different way a lot of people aren't that way a lot of people go to movies to eat popcorn 
and watch stuff explode mm. and so if this was sold as that then yeah it would be really hard like you're if you think you're gonna go watch and this is way before then but like if you think you're gonna go watch a marvel movie and then you have to like actually look inward at yourself because of what the screen is telling you then that can be tough and of course you're not gonna like it but if you go mm. in and realize this is a this is a piece of art this is a creation this isn't meant for like mass consumption it's like the right which we'll get into the book later i haven't read but you've read it but Mm. it's like this is you know or and the director like this is what they wanted the world to see and so Mm -hmm. i don't know it's yeah it's frustrating like because i don't feel like this film is that challenging so it frustrated me when it came out like and i actually saw it because the way it was sold i didn't want to see it Mm. and i was a little pretentious 22 year old when it came out so it makes sense stop (laughs) i see your face (laughs) i was like you're a pretentious 34 year old as well what are you talking about that too but i liked it so much more at 34 than 22 but no it also took that amount of time for me to be like oh i love like oh this is what it's like like when you're 22 you're still like realizing what it is you're not an adult you're a kid you're still realizing what it is to like try to be an adult i did it all (laughs) (laughs) when you're 34 you've been an adult at least for hopefully a couple years for me it's especially as as males like it's like (laughs) it's funny this is just a quick side note um and like andrea's stepdad was watching um a documentary on whales like the other day and i was just sitting out there eating dinner and and like the the narrator goes the male the males sometimes don't don't mature until they're 50 and like andrea's mom just like out of the kitchen just goes huh that makes sense (laughs) there you go (laughs) exactly and i just lost it i was just like yeah exactly to your point is like yeah some some of us don't like this is the kind of movie that that's not to say that there's i'm sure there's plenty of because some you know younger people are, are far more it's so much easier to educate yourself on film if you have the right mindset of it earlier. wasn't me i was trying super hard yeah but you know how you, like it has to come to you to mm-hmm. understand and i'm not gonna say that and i even, like understand film even very well i just like it a lot and yeah, i like yeah. and like i like watching old stuff and being like oh i see why now this is so popular Mm. like this shot or like this like storyline or whatever like i like that does that make me pretentious maybe (laughs) but i'm trying to understand the art form just like if you want to like understand like the black keys you go back and listen to like blues musicians from the 20s Mm. like they're doing the same riffs but they're doing them in different ways and it's just like it's the same with movies and like I don't know how we got here, but we always say that. And um, oh no, I mean, yeah, it was... it's just a more challenging movie than I thought. I think people thought that they were going to get into. And oh yeah, and certainly I think on the on the subject of the story between um, Irene, which Carrie, yeah, Morgan, sorry, Irene, I went off Carrie Mulligan's Wait. character. No, you good. Um, I have stuff to say about that. I have stuff to say about it. <laughs> well, let, let's get into it now because I think it's um I think it's such a beautiful story, so well told, and both like. The camera work, the directing, um, the music beats, is- the music beats over it, all that stuff. Um, like even that when punk- they- wait, 
<laughs> um, it, like their first time in the elevator together when they have that quick look and there's kind of like a little smirk from um, Ryan Gosling, like that kind of embarrassed smile of like when you both catch each other looking at each other at the same time. It's, it's very, <sighs> kind of, it's kind of very teenage romance in a way. And then, you know, when when he he kind of tries to avoid her in the store, and then when he sees that her car's broken down, like, and it's not like he's avoiding her in the sense of, um, I mean, his character is somewhat someone who has to keep under the radar a little bit, so he's doing that. But he, uh, but it also takes his breath away when he sees her, which is so like um, understated. He does it in such an understated way, but if you're a human person and you see like your crush. You need, you know, that exact feeling. It's like, please don't see me, but also like see me and everything that I am. Like, it's just like, yeah, and like especially for him, like you said, his character, you can't do that. Like he can't, like he can't be seen for all that he is. Mm. So he just has that crush. It's a lot like being in middle school, I would say. <laughs> yeah, no, there is, there is a lot of like a middle school, um, or high. School oh, absolutely, kind of, kind of purity to the romance all the way through, really, because um even when you know they when she turns up at the shop and like and you know and then you know kind of brian grants which we'll get to him later on as well but like he does his little like he's like you two know each other oh okay like he's like a dad but like more like an uncle like yeah and oh you little so-and-so yeah he does does, (laughs) does that little like and even gosling and it's interesting, I saw this brought up in something I read, like, the only time you ever see him smile in this movie, like, the driver smile at all, is either when he's with Irene, or actually a lot of the time with Benicio as well, like, the, like, and the and the story between him and Benicio is equally as, as beautiful as well, like, because you see, like, he immediately trusts the driver more than he ever does his own dad um, in this well, movie. Well, we can get into that later, too. That's the second half story, if we ever get to it, but Oh, yeah. we'll get to it. But um, but yeah, mean, like, but like, even when like you know the drivers, as Irene's talking to uh, Cranston's Shannon about the car and all that, and like the drivers just working under, like, un- got the car up on the hoists, and he's working underneath in the belly, and Benicio's yeah. kind of just looking at him, and he he's just like, you know, you blinked, and like, we get like this entire character moment about like how human he is underneath this very stoic, quiet, extremely character. stoic calculated shell because he's very like everything is calculated um i mean maybe this is a because i wanted to start off with this and i and i didn't but before we get back into it like let's just talk about the opening chase and yes because i think that because we because the way this movie is made is so because it it starts off with we hear is we hear his um his kind of philosophy on 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 both the the his driving job like i drive i'm there you have me for five minutes inside that five minutes i'm yours either side of it i'm gone like we hear that in the first as the as the screen opens basically um which sets up what you would think would be in like a standard action movie yeah (laughs) again this is why people sue but i don't agree with the suing of course but i'm just saying like i think it was sold the wrong way but continue um so we get that, and and to me, and there's a lot of things that there, there's parallels with um, Michael Mann and Heat, and like kind of the way they shoot LA, because um, LA, LA, LA is a character in this movie, because um, and like kind of, kind of like Heat, because Heat has that you know 
if you can't drop something in 60 seconds and you need to be able to drop no matter what it is, you know, that, and that's kind of the downfall of, uh, without spoiling it too much, but, um, you know, heat's been out for fucking almost 30 years now. Deal with it. People watch heat though. Big fan. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But so the philosophy in that movie is like, you need to be able to drop something in 60 seconds and to be able to continue to survive and, you know, just do your job. Yeah. Like to what's expected of you, which then, this movie is really about. Yeah, and both movies, uh, like the faltering in that, in that kind of armor is like the the actual addition of a genuine love interest. But to the the start of the movie kind of sets it up so well, in that you know you get his philosophy, and then you get like this such a this chase scene that isn't really a chase because he's always so in control, but it's done so well. Like the, the there's real chase scenes in this though where he's oh, not is. and. Yeah. We can talk about it later, but there's a scene, like a big chase scene, where he is definitely not in control until he is. Mm. So, uh, I'll, I'll argue. I argue he's always going to win a chase because he's just that good of a driver. But um... yeah, I mean that's part of it. But there's like I think they like Gosling is so amazing in this role. Like what just acting with his face and mm. we've talked about yeah, this yes, before yeah, on the yeah, pod yeah. with other with other actors like who are just acting with their faces and he does that a lot because he doesn't i mean he he acts with his face almost the whole time in mm. this film and there's one moment when like he's going backwards and he's about to like flip a bitch like a turn sorry mm. I, that, sorry that was high school lingo <laughs> um he's about to f- flip something but the guy that is chasing him we don't even know the people who are chasing him we assume they're part of that Mm. gang but the chrysler that they're in like starts pushing him backwards and he kind of like raises his eyes like oh shit like my car's going backwards quicker than i really thought i don't know anything about cars if this is uh (laughs) if that isn't clear but i think that's the mo- that's the one moment where he shows weakness where he's like oh shit i might not have this when he's going backwards and the car is pushing him forwards and he just kind of looks up like oh shit like because oh, I, going- I think he knew that was coming he wanted them to engage that way that's an interesting okay. yeah right. I, think, I don't know i don't know i mean I, and i guess maybe not that the book's anything close to the movie in a many many ways but like i think it would be hard th- to the write one thing about- the one thing we get to from the movie and the book is that like this guy is a driver that is above all else. Like he he has a special talent in particularly in a city like Los Angeles that has a million special talents in every fucking role, right? Like it's a city that has stunt drivers, it's a city that has actors, it has a, it's a city that has everyone, performers in every way. He stands out from the rest. Um you know in whatever he does so i think like that's the one thing that like in his capacity yeah yeah i mean and that's what he said like he says i drive i, think I, don't, I don't carry i don't carry uh, a gun. he says i there. don't carry a gun because that's not my role like i the one thing i do well is drive that's what you hire me for that's what i'm here for um that's what i love about the, the way this movie opens up is it opens up by basically giving you his world and saying this is what he's good at and this is how he survives is because he's good at this and he has a has a mantra to how he does it and it's strict it's strict there's no there's no breaking of this mantra similar to heat there's no breaking of their mantra and as soon as they break that is when it goes everything goes to hell in a handbasket and heat and it's i disagree with heat i would say in heat he doesn't break it and that's the problem but whatever it doesn't matter semantics 
yeah, it's a different world guy. Anyway, but yeah, he um in, in we're talking about it off air though, because I now want to talk about it, and there's no way I will remember this <laughs> at the end, so it'll just live in infamy. But but enjoy would... like yeah, the movie the movie starts off so well and um kind of introducing you to how how good he is at what he does because because the thing in thing with the chase in this movie is it's not really a chase because he just he escapes so easily. And he, yeah, he's, he's got he, a fucking helicopter going and he, and, he, and he uses he uses the landscape and it, it's like he uses the landscape he knows it so well like he knows that he can go over the seventh street bridge get under get under the like under those little overpasses and all that kind of stuff and and use them wait for the helicopters he has obviously has the um uh the radio so he knows what they're talking about yeah the well, police scanner yeah. yeah um and then even when he like comes to that one of the lights and i love and this is where like a part of the sound design really works is like I was watching it on my like 4K disc just on the TV. I don't have like surround sound here or anything at the moment, but like the sound design is so good. Like when he when that cop car at the lights recognizes him and he uh, and he and he puts the foot down like the, the sound is so good. Like this is why I got nominated for an Oscar. The sound like the, the rumble of the engine. It's not like gratuitous. It's not like Fast and Furious or any of those, you know, gratuitous chase movies, which I love them. But, you know, they 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 beat you down with the sound it's just the real sound it's the real sound of like the chevy impala with you know whatever shannon's put under the hood he's put a little bit extra under the hood to help him out but you've got that grumble of the engine and 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 the sound of the sound of the the tires and everything on the and and the sound of the street and the sound of la and then he gets away quickly and then obviously the other the great thing about it is like how well he uses he knows his again la being a character like you've got a uh, the LA Clippers game on in the background. We see the, the halftime on TV right at the start. Um, it's very movie, very much a movie at its time. Is like um, right as he's getting away from that Griffin, cop car. Yeah. Right as he's getting away from the cop car at the at the lights. There, it's like Griffin gives him the lead or something like that. Um, and it's very just they, they kind of match up that radio commentary, which on the surface some people would be like that's that means nothing. But then, like as we see at the end of that chase, is like he has the he's timed it perfectly to be able to park that car. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. He yeah. doesn't look back at him at, at all either. He's as he said, "I ha you have me for this this time. I get out of this car, I'm gone." And he he yeah. blends, off, blends off into the night. And he just like you don't know what happens to those two dudes. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of cops there. Fucking uh, the driver is just gone. Mm. You know, and it, like early on, like I think like them. I think that's such like a perfect way to set it up. It like. And not doing the Lakers is so cool too. Like I like him. Like like I think that's a thing about it too. Is like it's a Clippers game, so he knows to have a Clippers hat. Like I think yeah. it like a Lakers would be too obvious. And like that little detail is so cool to me. Like and like also that like hey, he's walking past all these cops that are about to bust him or bust the guys that he picked up. But yeah. he's I mean he's not about them. He's about himself. Like. Mm -hmm. He's about himself until he meets somebody. I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it in the second half about like the love story, but like, I it might have just hit me like what you were talking about, like that love story is like he's so much about himself until he's not. Mm -hmm. well, and then he does everything to do. Like he'll he'll sacrifice himself, and I'm. That's not a spoiler. I don't think or anything, but. Mm. Yeah, I'll read. I'll read off like there's a little bit on the back of the um, 
the uh, box set I have here. Like it's like a bit from the director about his whole philosophy on the movie. I'll read that off as we start the second half in a little bit um, to kind of give uh-huh. you an idea of what they were going for. Because there is like there is like a lot of parable about this movie about it being a superhero movie. Like it's kind of like an idea he had. Like it's an vigilante anti anti hero superhero. But there's like there's many kinds of super. Like there's the classic superhero, but then you can have you know heroes come in many forms as we like, like the uh the uh soundtrack like a real a real hero and a real human especially being. back then when it came out it was way before the superhero shit or i mean it was like in the start of it, it but like, like yeah it was like only three years after the the first iron man came out so it was like i think exactly first, i think the first avengers maybe came out probably after just after driver came out and driver like anti-hero driver. was a thing but it still wasn't like it didn't become oversaturated at that point, which I will also bring up Mad Men later, which was an anti-hero. I'll also bring up Mad Men in the second half because mm. there's a scene in this movie that when I watched it in 2011 really gave me pleasure. But yeah. moving on. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, I guess uh, do we do we want to go do we want to just break for halftime and get to the get to the second half? Because I feel like if we get into some of the other stuff, we might might. Uh, we might keep talking, so if we want to break for, for yeah. half time, um, if we yeah natural time, yeah, because uh, I think the second, I mean, the second half might even go longer than the first half because we I just feel I like would assume like, so, yeah. But like if we break now, because we've kind of just opened up with a lot of kind of our thoughts and and kind of the start of the movie, but then everything else is just yeah. There's so much to talk about, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I get like it's a classic pints and popcorn, like. I came into it thinking I had nothing to <laughs> nothing to offer, and then like we've already talked about like ten things that I never thought we would. So say yeah. the second half is yeah. usually where it's bad, but I promise I'm like a little bit more. I've been drinking coffee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, this first half, but the second half, I have like like. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about there's it because this, there's so much to this movie, and that's what I love about it being as, such as, like a. As we God. talked about off air, like it's a hundred minutes long. It's an hour and forty. It's a short movie, but it packs so yeah, much. Yeah, which okay. is incredible, just... incredibly respectful. All right, we'll be back with the second half. Well, for you, very like straight away, really. <laughs> yeah, for us, we'll yeah, see on the other. There'll be there'll be a pee break. Oh, for sure. <laughs> see you soon been exploiting him ever since. <laughs> Shh, don't tell him. Look, looks like we have a bigger problem than I thought. We're gonna have to keep the car here for a few days. So I offered your services to take Benicio and Irene home. Would that be okay? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't have wheels in my car. <laughs> okay. That's one thing you should know about me. We'll put the tires on. You got five minutes? Yeah. Hey, do you want to see something?
second half. Two halves. <laughs> All right, we back. Um, we had a pretty, I think, um, as per usual, it's it's find some popcorn. It's bar, it's bar movie chat. At first half, went directions we weren't expecting because I think you know we talk about things like I brought up stuff to Shay that he wasn't aware of, such as the uh, like the lawsuit stuff, and and you know it's what movies like this bring is like so much trivia and and nonsense to the masterpiece that it actually is but in the second half we'll get into a bit more of that we started talking about the romance um between uh carrie mulligan's irene and gosling's driver and and how much i think i mean starting on that did you you messaged me today when you finished the movie and said you weren't expecting to be as emotional as you were i think is i can't remember your exact words but that was the i think the the general idea it was that to do with the the end of the movie as far as Gosling, uh, Irene, and and the driver goes, or is that just an overall feeling? I think it's hard to put it into words, but I think in that moment he we talked about his stoicism at the end of the like in like he's so stoic that it frustrates you <laughs> at a time, and like as a person who is like been alone like i was alone when i watched like again when i say that i watched it in eugene in 2011 that was right when i moved there i was so alone and you're you feel you're so much less comfortable with yourself at 22 than you are at 34 like now but i still live alone and so i still like really as like cheesy as it is i relate to this guy who just like does his work and wants it to be good and then like you like hope you pick people up here and there like mm-hmm. Carrie Mulligan and like so like when he says like you people meant the most to me like I can kind of relate to that like when mm-hmm. like when people like let you into their lives and like you get reminded of their humanity that and also I think like what really set in with me today was like oh like he's definitely going to die but he's going to do what he loves until he dies mm-hmm. yeah and I thought like like I had totally forgotten. You do a spoiler alert on this, right? I uh, well, I I should at the start, but I think it's it's kind of obvious that we're talk we're literally doing a podcast that's titled the movie. Like that's what it is. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't I don't go and listen to it. Like I, I just don't want to be that guy. No, but no, yeah, we, I, I, like we we I don't go and listen to a podcast that's literally about like two hours about a movie and expect <laughs> to have it be like like i would just, never do that but again yeah. Like, uh, for people yeah 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 so i think people uh, know, i think people know at this point um the two listeners out there uh like my brother yeah. and some other dickhead um thank you for listening and yeah, yeah spoiler alert. but yeah like <laughs> when at the end like after the scene with him and albert brooks like him like you think he's dead but then you just like he's gonna drive until that wound kills him and but he's just gonna drive because that's what he loves. And there's like something like so like frustratingly romantic about that. Mm. I think that like like he's so true to his character to the very end. Like doesn't take the money. Doesn't he doesn't want the money? Mm-hmm. He easily yeah. could have given. He'll, he'll take he'll take payment. He'll take whatever payment people will give him if he enjoys the work. If the work is kind of fundamentally what, yeah, yeah like like kind of like i mean um just side noting to cranston's shannon character like there is like five or six different notion um hints to his 
propensity to to take a little bit more than he should. So or fun- try to at least. Yeah, yeah, because you know it's um, I've got the notes here because there's a. Uh, he like when he when he does that um driving scene in the, the the stunt in the movie where he flips the cop car, it's um, you know, I've negotiated five hundred more and he goes, I'm taking half of that, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and then he says he's only made thirty K for the thirty K for the year. That is I mean, uh, at the at the uh, time at the time you go, Oh, okay, oh geez, it's a tough business he's in. But then when you hear him all these little bits, it's like, no, he's saying that's what he that's what he told his fucking like tax agent. He made far more than thirty K. Yeah, he's then, working in a legal chop shop. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then he, well, and then he's like, he's like, I'm gonna drive the price down the car. Don't tell him how much you'd like it. Like, um, he's paying. He's pay, like, he tells Irene he's paying him less wages. Don't tell him. Um, and then he, and then even even after everything goes down, and like he's just like, this is this is this shit serious. He's like, do you need me to look after the money? <laughs> but after all that, I'm like, fundamentally, that guy's a good guy. Like, I, I it's such a he meant well. He's such a fascinating character, and and this is Cranston right in the middle of the Breaking Bad run, I think. And oh, like, absolutely. Twenty eleven. Uh, that was like before it was yeah, even like a really big deal. That's so when it was about to probably pop. Went where it was about to crescent. It was it was like popping right maybe as the I would say was coming it popped out. Yeah. super hard in twelve. Um, yeah. I didn't yeah. watch it until thirteen. So I maybe I didn't, it was I didn't a watch it. I didn't that. watch it until I was married. So in twenty sixteen, I was well behind on it. Um, yeah. I, you know, you know, this is an off-air chat, but you know me and TV shows. I, 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 yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm better with movies. We're movie so, kids, um, especially yeah. now that both of us are like, you're married and I'm a career man, <laughs> so <laughs> I have a hard time like keeping up with shows. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll watch Winning Time and like shows that are important to me, but um, yeah, yeah I get so. what you're saying, like, mm-hmm. but like Cranston and like at the time, Mad Men was also like a big deal, and like it was before. And again, this, this okay. I'll say spoiler alert right now. If you're a TV fan and you're this deep and you haven't watched all of Mad Men, but like I think Christina Hendricks' character of Joan takes a turn in Mad Men and like becomes extremely likable. It's like I have no offense. I, I know seen, you I haven't seen Mad Men. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not worried about spoilers. Like I kind of take. You the, remember I, me I, saying I, that? Either. I take the. I take the notion of kind of like the sixth sense thing like at some point you've just got to know that bruce willis was dead the whole time and i'm not I, did, well, I saw that when i was like fucking kid so i did not but <laughs> that's a whole different story but and this is just the thing like i wanted to say this in the first half that i was like we'll get to it i was like seeing christina Hendricks get her face blown off at that point as a madman fan fucking ruled i love that when mm-hmm. it first came out because like she was such an over-the-top mean person in mm. Mad Men at that point in 2011 again the show went till I think 2015 maybe 2014 so there's uh, there's multiple seasons but seeing her in the character that she was when I originally saw it versus what she was in Mad Men was so awesome that's yeah. another reason why I like this flick like yeah so and that's that's the interesting thing about this movie is like there's so many uh there's not a whole lot of characters. Like it's a very small cast in many ways. Even but we, see, we see a lot of people at different like. It's, I mean, as I said earlier in the uh, pod, it's. Uh, I mean, Los Angeles is a character in a way because we see so many great shots of LA. But kind of like Michael Mann with LA, he doesn't shoot the, you know, because LA is a spread out city, has lots of different areas. You know, you get your Santa Monica, you got the, the all, your beach, all your beach 
beachside suburbs and then some some lovely other places but the true character of la sometimes is in these these grungier parts and that's where the movies find the some beauty in the in the chaos of it i guess and that's what this movie finds and then it finds like la characters such as cranston who you know is involved in the movies always trying to make a little bit more and um yeah and interesting characters that have multiple different way like things that they're trying to get out of life and maybe they're trying to take a little bit more than they should and as as we find out through again through minimal dialogue by the way the cranston star and well i guess albert brooks does that little bit of exposition on the driver in the in the shop when he says do you want to know what why you know how we how we know each other and like shannon and and tells him how he but we had hints leading up to that we knew we kind of knew why his leg was fucked at that point but we then, figured yeah, after like especially nino does the like what's up shannon how's the leg yeah i can i was gonna do a pearlman and i was like no nah, no one can do pearlman like he's He's well, Perlman's not even doing Perlman in this movie. He's doing like something that you don't even recognize, and that's why he's the man. Like, yeah. I, I love Ron Perlman, I but he's seen, terrifying in everything he does. I haven't seen him not like I. I loved Hell, like the Hellboy was the first thing I saw him in all those years ago. Um, really, and, and Enemy was, of the Gates was uh, dude. There's like movie. Oh, oh well, so the movie I, I saw Enemy. Of the, I saw Enemy of the Gates before I saw Hellboy. I didn't realize it was him until after I saw Hellboy. You know, you know how you do that's that. That's why he's a good actor. Yeah, you you know how you do that thing where you like you you see a movie and you're like, that guy's cool, and then you realize you've seen him in like two or three other movies beforehand. Leo yeah, DiCaprio. Yeah. yeah, I my whistle didn't come out. God damn it, I'm bad at whistling. So that's hard. It's hard. Yeah. That's why Leo's the king. Yeah, or Rick Dalton's the king. But um, yeah. But yeah, yeah I mean, but yeah, I mean, this is we were talking about the leg thing, but and just how the characters developed and all the the minimum dialogue that that leads you to caring about these people. That's that's all I love because you can watch a three hour movie and not give a shit about anyone that's in it, and then we watch an hour and forty movie like this where there's like a bunch of characters that on the surface are sometimes like even Oscar Isaac's character. I like. I'm not exactly sure if how good of a person he is, but he's no, he's you know, he's terrible, probably. Yeah, but he's not like, seem like a good person. But, but I, I, I do we're believe given very minimal. Yeah, like yes, yeah, like, I I do believe he probably wanted to try to be better, but he wasn't given a chance because straight out of straight out of prison, he was they they were beating him up for the protection money. So yeah, I mean let let's talk about that for a second because um I mean actually, amazing before, performance. Yeah, before like, we get to that, and this is 2011 okay, Oscar Isaac, so so it's early. Like this is 12 years ago now. Like he's done a lot more bigger stuff since. Though he done, he was starting to do some big stuff at this time as well. But he's like credited. You know, he's sixth or seventh on the crediting list in this one. Oh, easily, um, yeah. But like, he has a lot of dialogue in it, actually. Sorry, before we get to just Oscar Isaac's introduction to the movie, I wanted to talk about the scene where they they leave the shop, and the driver's got. Irene in the car and Benicio's in the back seat, and they, it's kind of quiet. And he says, "You want you want to see something?" And then they go on that little drive down the Los Angeles River, and and amazing, and, uh, absolutely amazing. Yeah, and one of and like the sound, like that song that you're talking about that plays a couple of times in the, and it's one of the most. I think it's like it's one of my favorite. Just there's no dialogue because the the music plays over the top. Um, you see them speak like it's kind of like music playing over the top. You see them speaking, but you don't hear words. Um, beautifully shot. Um, the Los Angeles River can look so beautiful, even though it's so 
ugly. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I took a photo of it. I took a photo of it the other night, actually looking towards uh I think the Seventh Street Bridge that they drive across. Yeah, the start. I, yeah you sent yeah. that. Yeah, um, that was dope. And uh but um even just the scene where they like it, they're driving and then it goes to when they're they're sitting at the trees that are in the river and that first scene shows the like the sun shining on the water and there it looks really beautiful. But then just off to the edges you see the trash and all that stuff. And I think there's there's this beauty and there's this beauty and violence in this movie so that's often offset with each other. Like there's so much beauty in this city, but there's so much violence and ugliness to it too, that that's kind of seen hints at, and then we get to it later on and we'll talk about it later. But um, fundamentally in that scene, I, I just love it. Cause you see um, they finally kind of give into a little bit of that connection they have. And then it builds as we go on. But I just find that such a beautiful scene. Um, the music accompanying it. It's such a, it's such a brilliant uh, use of music uh, in film. Um, oh, th this whole film has that. Yeah. This oh, yeah. whole film has amazing tugging music. at the heartstrings and ripping my soul out uh, quite deliberately, and I'm okay with it. Um, I think that scene like is a microcosm of like, and I haven't read the book, and you said you like. I, I'm not going to speak for you, but I I believe you like the film more than the book. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, correct, yeah, yeah, but. No, no shade. That in the little book. scene yeah. right there is a microcosm, I think, of the greater idea of this film. Is like this guy, like, is L.A. in a way that with warts and all, just the mm. worst. And again, I know you live in L.A., but <laughs> so you have to look at it from everybody else. Like this disgusting, like throbbing pus sore on the West Coast. Jeez, you didn't have to go that deep. <laughs> no, continue, continue. I I know what you're saying. Like it's it's like this pus sore. It's an and ugly, he is part a, of that. He is part of the sore. He is part of the scar. Maybe on the outside, but he's part of it. Mm. But at the end of that, like gigantic pus monster is like a like peace there's like you clear all you clear all that shit out and then there's peace and i think like that's his character in a nutshell is him showing me him being like hey you want to see something like everything the audience has seen is just him just balls to the wall and it's just like jesus christ and like even like cranston's character other characters being like dude you look like a zombie mm. but like him just being like hey, you want to see something? And, like, not overselling it, like, oh, this is where I go to find my piece. Just, like, hey, you want to see something? Mm -hmm. And you know he had been there so many times by himself. Like, just, like, fucking, like, yeah, letting it melt away. And I think, like, when you say L.A. is a character in this, I think, like, both bad and good it is. And then, oh, yeah, like, no. that's, yeah. that's a really good part of it. Or it's just, like, yeah, I mean... One of one of my little notes I have in my extensive just chaos of notes that I, I refer to here and there here like sometimes like the podcast isn't complete like I, it's it's all just our chat but I just refer back to it at times. One of my notes I have is beauty and violence because it is it is just beauty and unrelenting violence is this movie and violence doesn't have to be literal violence. It sometimes can just be the violence of ugliness of of what society has done to a place. It's it's like a it's a it's a gradual slow rolling violence of society's uh, 
degradation and 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 that's what LA, yeah. LA and 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 every big city in America has is like you know you can be, LA like, especially New York especially I mean those those are I mean the two- you know what and well Detroit like having entire suburbs just shut down that kind of stuff like that's like that's the ugliness of the American experience there's so many and, less and, people and, in and drive and and drive kind of has that in it in that it's this not that I think there's like an intentional thing around it but there's there is movies that came out in this 10 years and this is like this movie came out roughly 10 years after 9-11 where it's just this like this like new understanding of what you know the brutality of living in the american city was um we kind of we'd had to finally you know we'd had 10 years post the falling of the berlin wall and all that kind of stuff and then 9-11 hit and then we really had to recognize what america was and and ironically it's you get a guy that comes out of europe like nicholas winding Refn, and takes his outside view on it and gives you like a better understanding of and even though he's telling a fancy as he says a fantasy a fantasy tale of what it's kind of a fantastical tale is what he says neon soaked superhero tale or whatever he says it's just like it still says a lot of things about what america is at that time and continues to be at times it's got worse since then yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but like, I just like like, I know you're over here at that point or close to it, but like, no, well, yeah, yeah, it was that was like, yeah, it was two years into my time then uh, when the movie came out. I mean, it was just like, I would say, uh, before the devil knows you're dead is another film that does this really well. That's more East Coast, but is mm-hmm. also amazing. That we'll do at some point. I'm like just an amazing film. But I would say that it's from that same time period and it was just like kind of, almost like a preview of like what we were about to see. And like nobody could have expected what happened in 2016. And like the lack of. Or like what's happened overall in this. Country. I don't think anybody could have foreseen as bad as it is mm-hmm. <laughs> or as it's become like I think like I watched this movie and I just look back to 2011 like thinking about it and I was just like, man, it was so much more like it just felt so much more peaceful back then. <laughs> and like, yes, of course, like it, like I have 12 years of experience since then. Mm. But at the same time, I just like remember like and again, I was living in Oregon and not the East Coast, which is different, too. But it's just like I remember it like back then. It's just like it didn't like I like re- Watching this movie, I went back and like thought about how I felt when I originally watched it in 2011. And I was just like, man, I was like so much more peaceful back. Like, like I was not like less like intimidated. Mm-hmm. I almost by America. And like, that's what kind of blew my mind. And I think like, like you were just saying is like, this was showing the sides of America that have like overtaken it <laughs> in a way. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's, like, the people that are involved, like, other than, like, you know, Ron Perlman's character is, like, a bad person. And, like, Albert Brooks' character is also a bad person, but, like, has... He's kind, he's kind, of, he's kind, of, the, he's kind of the bridging gap between uh, Cranston, Shannon, and Perlman. He doesn't want to be bad. Yeah, he Ron Perlman he, wants he, to be bad. Yeah, Perlman doesn't give a shit. He's, and, but, you know, um, Albert Brooks doesn't want to have to s- slip shannon's wrists there he's like he's like i was yeah, but when you think about it he wanted he, to make it look like a suicide yes, of a yeah. person that he knew really well and it's just like, 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 interesting, interesting, dr- like at the same time interestingly the the knife 
just goes home with him and you like an investigating person would be like where's the where, where is the thing that he did that with like that's my immediate thought but anyway right but that's like I mean, that's kind of, like kind of part of the bigger idea that I'm talking gonna, about. It's like gonna, no gonna... cop's gonna look at like some guy that looked like he killed himself. Like nobody's gonna look into that. You're just gonna be like, this guy killed himself. Anyone that's watching, by the way, and sees me like shirking, like my cat is attacking me off screen here. <laughs> His cat is Andrea, and he lies to you, people. Uh... <laughs> oh, it's, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring her on screen here for a sec. It's literally the cat. <laughs> <laughs> It did me out right when. <laughs> Don't throw the camera. This is how no, people. No, there's a there's a bed literally right next to me. She just got put onto the bed. I know, and but the listeners don't know. Well, now they I'm know. also not pink. Also, like so... look at these scratches, man. God damn. <laughs> the, the the no, background. I'm sorry, I went on a rant. It was a mini. No, rant. no, that was good. No, that was that was good though, because like. I think but I know there, what you're saying. I think there is a lot of that in like movies of this time sometimes didn't have it like even be part of the writing process or direction process or anything like that. But I think there's a general subconscious to where America was at in those that decade after 9-11. Um, and this we thought it was bad, but it was so much better. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, 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 no, it was bad. It was just like, but all of that stuff also led to where we are too. Like that kind of breakdown of breakdown of what america was i can't like, talk about this on air you anyway, know no, we'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll change we'll change the but you know how I, yeah. that was that was just i wanted to make a point about just a general idea of what the movie you know ideas behind the movie and and stuff like that at least my interpretation um no I that just, was really good a, the underbelly of la is always yeah. interesting yeah and um, it's you shot from like a and i say this and I, I hope people correct me, but the way that the underbelly of L.A. was always shown for a long time was through the black community. Mm-hmm. And this showed that they're just <laughs> not just that. I, straight. No, no, I, I, know what, I know what you're trying to say. It's just like that there that... are people just trying to get by everywhere. It doesn't matter your race. And the mm-hmm. fact that we showed or like the fact that like o- people only think like black and hispanic asian people are against it in la everybody's against it in la it's a fucking hellhole no offense but like it's hard i mean it's expensive it's hard to get by especially if you're a minority like Mm -hmm. that's like i mean like you see also (laughs) i remember watching this at 22 and seeing where um mulligan and gosling lived and just being like jesus christ man that to raise a kid there now i'm 34 and i'm like man that's really nice. <laughs> that's a nice spot i mean they got nice no, no, I, I, know exa- I know exactly i know exactly i know exactly where they're at and like <laughs> yeah. we live out yeah. there it's like we drive past it sometimes it's like it's yeah it's like mm-hmm. out silver lake east like where like it's it's kind of like echo park like that little park that they like chat at like and do the deal um, I see it from the freeway when we're driving to the Senate. Like, would you there. eat at Nino's spot? As I was thinking that when I watched it, would you eat at Nino's spot? I'd ra- I'd rather eat um at Carrie Mulligan's Denny's, to be honest. Really? Wow. Yeah. Man, man, get me a Santa Fe skillet at Denny's, and I am a happy motherfucker. Never ate at Denny's. Nice. Nah, fucking Denny's. Denny's. Denny's is good. 
We got Fruffy. different shit. We got different even, shit. Even Froff, even Froffy's is eating at Denny's. Froffy's doesn't know shit about fuck. Um, <laughs> let's move on. I have never. I'm gonna. Okay, clip I've that. never eaten at Denny's. Yeah, please do. Um, and just send it to it. But I've ate, like lived in different regions of this country, and I've still never ate at Denny's. I will always go for a local, a more like like I'm talking like Village in Perkins in the Midwest. Yeah, and then um, God, what was it in Oregon? I can't even think about it. And there's just diners out here. Whatever you want. Mm. Oh yeah, no look look, the like local place. But um. Yeah, Denny's, we're Denny's, off, we're way off topic. Yeah, no. Uh, all I I did want to like is I I did send you a photo the other day. Um, of the Denny's that is in the movie that we drive like Andre and I drive past quite often. I'll post I'll post on Instagram at some point. Um, just as a addition I would drink to, coffee there. Yeah, just like driver. And like the thing is about Denny's is it is like and it is there is something very American about it in the both the both the cookie cutter aspect of it but then there is like a humanness to it as well like you go there and you know the people are general like i've never had bad servers there they're like they're right. working. okay let's go back to the movie <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, 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 i was getting i was getting back to uh, it i was i was getting i think back to them it. slow rolling the fact that she is a waitress at denny's and there i don't mean any degradation by this by any means but like them slow rolling the fact that she like while her husband or you assume husband i don't it's never said but like I think she says husband. Yeah, maybe. no, she does, and it's different to the the book. They're not even together, by the way. Um, he comes out of prison. Well, and that comes... changes the story completely. <laughs> in my no, opinion. no, 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 no. But the, in the movie, they are together. Like that is. Oh, they're together. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. In the movie, okay. they are together. Like the book is. But then, like slow the book, the book is very different to the movie. I will tell you that there is beats and stuff that make it into the movie, and you can see why the movie was inspired. But the book is very different. Yeah, I believe it. Dude, the book's always better, but I don't know. Like I, them yeah, slow rolling, yeah. the, like that's what she does. Like because you you have no idea like, like who she is. You have no idea who the driver is, other than that, like he drives for money and like is this and that, and then like you see her at Denny's and you're like, oh shit, man, she's mm-hmm. just like probably barely getting by. Yeah, hopefully, I mean, like assuming the fact that she seems like she's a decent lady like she's probably getting some hopefully getting some, just some uh, st- the, the standard good rate of tips but beyond that it's just like at yeah, denny's in la where they're at i mean no they, i don't they, know la like you guys do but you yeah, no, they, they'd be she'd be doing fine there yeah okay cool yeah it's it's just like a, it's just like near downtown la like yeah there's some bad rough spots but yeah she'd be fine people i just like, go, think, like when go, i think we, denny's i just think like you know like almost like and this no. is not talking shit about anything. It's just wa- like Waffle House or like whatever, like any of those things that say openly, like I feel bad for the waitresses because they get treated like shit. Oh, yeah. There's going to be some people that treat them like shit, but I think they like, don't get tipped the way they should. And I just don't know LA that well. So, yeah. And I could be wrong because I'm coming in from an outside perspective as well, even though I'm here. But, you know, that's, you know, you could be right. But um, I think the apartment building they're in isn't meant to be anything special. It's also just looks fine. Um I would love to but, live there. But yeah, right. I, I want to get to <laughs> Speaking of the apartment building and, and the particularly uh, the hallway that a couple of scenes take place in. Um, first, just a quick note. I think one of the most beautiful, beautiful shot, beautifully shot, 
parts that are just not me beautifully talking um as my cat is trying to destroy the computer uh pushed her the other way um we're pro cat here yeah oh yeah no she i just i just nudge her the right way and she was she's just going to sleep in the pillow now um the scene where uh again the song's playing uh it's slow motion camera it's the driver carrying Benicio into her room. Like, it's just, we see the back of Gosling and it's just Carrie Mulligan. And it's like, and she has many moments in this movie where you see the, again, we're talking about facial acting and eyes and, and things like that. And she has a lot of this in this movie. But her looking at him, carrying him in, that's all you need to know. Those, those in two his jacket. In, yeah. Oh, that jacket. Yeah. I, I want to buy one. Um, But that moment, that just, that, little 10 seconds it might not even be 10 seconds um with that song playing and her watching him with this this loving smile on her face and you know i think we've got like in the in our background we've got like her on there and like it's kind of sums up her look that she gives him um yeah i i love that I, that says all that i need to know about a love story is just like that moment there's a lot lot of little moments like when they're when they're in the la river like we we're talking about earlier and um even when she's looking at him after he's stomped the face of the guy and she's got some pain and confusion there, but she still knows beneath. The... But he also protected her before yeah. that. Like, I mean, ugh. yeah. So let's talk about like, let's talk. So one thing, um, your thoughts on that scene where he's carrying the kid in. Cause that, that scene, I love that so much. I think it was him trying to like, obviously he's in love with Carrie Mulligan. Hmm. And whatever, but I also think he has an equal like to be in love in in that situation is not just like lusting after the woman or whatever you. It's like no, love actually, is different than lust. <laughs> no, 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 no. So no, you you just let just let me finish. It's like okay, yeah. it's like because because people because on the surface people will want to just be like, are they gonna fuck? Like that's what people do when they watch movies. I think the beauty of that moment is she loves the fact that he loves the son as well like benicio is a part of it like he's actively made benicio a part of his life like, like gosling sits there and watches his cartoons with him our, our little opening was about like talking about like you know our sharks our sh- all sharks bad guys all podcasters but you know like yeah right. there's there's this thing in that that like she's this love story is so unconventional in the sense that so much of it's through the prism of the kid um which yeah is really, for sure yeah i think it's I, also just I, like which, as I'll get to in a moment, I think is Go ahead. Par- a parallel to uh, well, offsets uh, the the fact when Stan, uh, Oscar Isaac's brilliant performance as Stan Gabriel comes in, and we see this coldness not not coldness like Benicio still like you know he's my dad and stuff but like you know when when Stan gets beaten up in the garage, Stan is just like no don't worry about it. like come over here come on come on and like the kid just won't go near him. Yeah, and yeah, like maybe that's fear, but like, then when when Gosling's driver slowly rolls in there and sees the guys walking away, and then he gets like he sees standard there covered in blood, and like Oscar Isaac's like he the standard's just like ah oh, fuck's sake, like ah oh, shit, like <laughs> he's right. kind of and like the just driver just goes over and kneels in front of the kid, and he kneels down, and it's really well shot. Again, the directing by Winding Refn's really well done. The camera work, all that stuff, really well done. Um. He just and he could just captures this perfect moment of like an adult kneeling in front of a kid and saying, "Let me understand you. Like I'm down at your level. Yep. I'm here to comfort you." And like 
it's all these little moments but like there's so many moments between Gary Mulligan and Gosling, but there's so many moments between the kid that plays Benicio and uh, Gosling as well that like I I just love this this triangle of this love story as well is what I was trying to get to. Yeah, definitely. Like, and I definitely looked at it way differently um, this watch um, compared to because Oscar Isaac was not like a person on my radar in 2011, mm. which I don't I don't like. He wasn't on my radar until like what 14 15 maybe whatever doesn't matter um but like i had way more sympathy for him probably this this watch because he was a famous actor and i that's just my fucked up brain just being like oh it's oscar isaac so it's like that's what we do as movie watches right like we we sometimes project our understanding of them as a person and and the movies and roles we like so yeah i get yeah i think i felt way less sorry and that's also like again it's a decade between watches it's like i probably am more empathetic now than i was back then to his character and i don't like i do think his character wanted to mean well and like everything but it you know you just got i mean it's a tough movie again it's like this is why like we talked about it earlier. It's like, this is why like people probably didn't like it is because they didn't feel good uh, coming out of it. But like mm-hmm. you and I are used to not feeling good coming out of movies. And like, yeah. well, I guess that's, um, that's why I liked it this most recent time compared to like when I was 22. Yeah. It's well, like, cause... I didn't expect the movie to be that way, but yeah, you know, I mean, go ahead. Speaking of the, like um, the Oscar Isaac thing, like, cause I guess, again, going back to the lady that had the lawsuit against the movie is like the Fast and Furious movies, like I think so like five or six of the characters have died and then come back because they haven't actually died. And then I don't want to talk about that series on this podcast. I know, but no, I'm making it. Don't butt in, dude. Pretentious Shay. My point being that make uh, the shirt, print it (laughs) or hashtag still a thing. I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to find I'm trying to find the right design for that shirt. Um, but you know, I didn't send you. But then, pick. but then that's what that's what uh like people when you see Oscar Isaac get killed in this movie, it's just like, oh, he's you, we were if you're watching this movie for the first time and having no idea what's going to happen, is like maybe you're thinking that he was going to help them, and then you know the movie was going to go in a different direction, then that happens, and it's like oh shit, he's dead, and then then you realize the cataclysmic events that follow that is that that him dying means that they can't actually be together. Like ironically means that he can't, uh, driver can't be with uh, Irene. Um, and everything that you hoped for out of this movie, that the, the love story would be fulfilled. But the love story, if you actually watch the movie is fulfilled in a way, it's not the way we want it to be. And yes, they can't be together, but she, they also both have a basic understanding. And you mentioned it at the start about him saying that this is the best time he'd ever had. And again, essentially with this song that's playing over the top about a real human being, it's like he felt like a a real hero and a real human being all at once and had an impact on their lives. Um they only even got to kiss once, but it was probably the most passionate kiss he's given and, and she's had. And, and that was probably the most beautiful moment. And like life is about moments. Um, and that uh, scene in the elevator was maybe. like, I, it's just swelling me up. dude. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what like, this is, like you're killing like, me over here. Like that's what this movie is about is it's like, it's just like, you know, love and relationships and stuff like 
stuff in this movies like this it isn't linear and unfortunately sometimes it doesn't end the way that you want it to as a movie watcher but then i mean it's heartbreaking at the end of the movie when she goes and knocks on the door hoping he's there like that kills me every time but at the same time it means that they've i don't know how i felt about that i wouldn't say heartbroken because no like i'm already like you kind of already heartbroken in a way aren't you like like i think you're but you, I mean, you, it, you it, have it, no more shock left. I would, yeah, I would yeah. say, like you get, like, like, well, and you already know that he's not going to answer the door, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Unless but you're it, fucking a dunce. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I but mean, she, but she doesn't in a way because she's like, because no, she watching, definitely doesn't. Yeah, she. We're watching. From, she's just gotten this phone call, and she's she's still probably shocked from watching him. You know, she's had to deal with the trauma of watching him stomp this guy's fucking face in. Um, again, beauty and violence uh which is a point that i've got written here a couple of times and again like that scene in the elevator beauty and violence uh because you get this this beautiful camera work where the, the the lighting dims slightly and just focuses in on them they kiss and then oh just, the in the elevator yeah in the elevator and it's oh, that's easily the best shot of the film when the light swells to them kissing yeah. before he brutally murders somebody yeah. who's gonna murder him not his fault mm-hmm. um i would and also uh, right before that, when, when the elevator, because they're in the they're in the uh, hallway, and like he's telling her his role in standard Flaps, death and slaps him. And what I love about that scene is like she he's telling her all this stuff. Like I, you know, standard was into this shit. Um, I tried to help him. It went bad. Whoops. I was involved. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> and what I love about it is like she slaps him at this point. And I what I take out of it is. She's not slapping him because of his role in Standard's death. She's slapping him because some of the facade of what she believed in him has broken down because she's already in love with him. She doesn't, on the surface, it's like, oh, my husband died, the father of my child died. But like the slap is actually her anger at him and what they under the surface had. I mean, it's a lot of things. I think there's a lot of things going on there. But like, that's what I think that's why the slap comes from passion and she wouldn't slap just a. She wouldn't slap just a friend, right? Like it, there's something in that that there is the love, like the the burgeoning thing that they had that they didn't even they hadn't fully explored, but they had, and like it was there, and it's just like I just find that beautiful. And then and then it goes, and then it, then you know he's it's the one moment we see the the true vulnerability. God damn it. vulnerability. <laughs> Sorry, a, I can't a, say it either on this pod very often, especially after like a few beers. Um, but like well, on this pod, it's but then never... like you see the driver, he's just like, you know, we could go away. Um, I could come with you and and look after you. Like he's tr- he's kind of like it's the one moment we see him truly like show his like show all of his cards really, and then the guy nobody he wants yeah. like so fucking like. But then the elevator opens and there's the guy there that's uh oh sorry wrong floor but you we know um what we know what's about to happen and and that 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 brief fleeting moment where he was trying to find a way out was gone. But yeah. It's sad. Yeah. It sucks. I mean, I think there's like a lot to take away from this movie is like like uh, like a wayward soul of like mm. oh man, we were just like so close to getting it right. And then, like, it's not right. And then you just deal with, like, it not being right. And, like, that's what I relate to way more now at 34 than I did at 22. Like, 
seeing it and like just being like, ah, fuck, man, we're this close, but <laughs> now you did. Now you, God, I had something to say like earlier, um, before your very good point, but I just think like, yeah, I. It's a beautiful love. Mm-hmm. And it's just like. It's just something about like Oscar Isaac's character. Like once he dies that like she knew that they could never be together now that he had died. Mm-hmm. Like and that's why she slaps him. I feel like it too. Like, I think there's a lot in that slot. There's a yeah. million things. In that I slot. think, it, I think it's his role in the death too. It's just like, yeah, I don't even know what, but he had no choice. Like, no, no, he like, had no, he had no choice, but she didn't, her understanding. Like if we just dive into the world of the movie for a second, like her understanding of him was like, he was a driver baddie. for the movie. He was a driver. Number for one movie. baddie. Yeah. He was, huh. a, he was a driver for the movies and worked at a garage. She had no idea that he could be involved in the world that Standard was. So she saw a world outside of Standard, and then she finds out that he's kind of involved in that too. And I think that like kind of breaks her in that moment. But then fundamentally, and, and, and going back to and going back to the kid and that scene where they're sitting on the couch and watching cartoons and, and the kid kind of says, you know, like after they say oh, all sharks are bad guys, like how, do you, how can you tell? And it's like the kid just goes, I, you just know that, someone's a bad guy this is why a guy in prison this is while benicio has his legs draped across the uh gosling's driver's knees as they chill on the couch and the kid the kid knows that he's not a bad guy he may do bad things but he's not a bad guy and this is like this is the the anti-hero thing right like and it's just like it's an ugly world and like it doesn't make everything intertwines it doesn't make much sense it's ugly it means that you can't go away with the love of your life and go to Mexico and escape you're going to end up driving into the night alone but you know you've had a moment to die yeah, yeah well, it depends. there's a sequel to the novel so, but the novel's very different so I don't know um, but, <laughs> whatever but yeah it's, uh, <laughs> ask but, yeah. me at 22 what I think happens uh, I think he pulls right into an ER and, be like, and he's like stitch me up at 34 I'm just like dude he just wanted to do what he loved like that's what I was going to say, like, before we talked about this, is, like, that scene where, like, he's sitting there. He's sitting there in the parking lot. And just and holding the... his stomach. And is that... Well, what? it's just on his face. Like, yeah, you yeah. can't even see anything other than his face. His lip slowly turns... Like, not even... You can hardly notice it unless you have seen the movie. But if you watch his lip, it's slow... Like, amazing acting by Gosling slowly over like two minutes turns up a little bit and to me it's him thinking about the mother and the child and he's just like that gives him life enough to do what he loves until he dies and Mm -hmm. i think that's what brought almost tears to my eyes is like that he was so Wow, just got caught. just got caught real quick. <laughs> but like that, he was like he was on the verge of death, and then he thought about how much of those people meant to him, mm. and then he wanted to do the one last. He knew he was gonna die, obviously, and he wanted to do the one last thing. Yeah, 
And he was gonna do it until he died. And like, I don't know, man. I know this is like maybe sounds super broy, but whatever. I mean, it just sounds like I don't know, man. It's just like I don't know. That caught me way off guard this morning when I watched the end of it again, which is just like, man, he just no. That's that's inter- like like that's that's interpretation of the movie, and it's like it's really interesting. kept him alive to do what he wanted to do, and he was yeah. gonna do it until he died, and like I don't know, man, like. It's a romance movie at the end of the day, like you said. I mean. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Is like it's one of the great love stories. I think this movie. Like, I love when, um, uh, like again, just quick going back to like when Irene, like when you know, driver carries Benicio into the room, like into the house, and then they they're kind of at the window, and she looks at him and says, "That was good. He had a good time." And you know that's her saying, "I had a good time." And then he says, "Me too." Like it's just like all this coded stuff about like, and it's just like it's all cute. Like it's so. And they don't kiss or anything. It's just like like just the heavy. It's so it's so it's so adult in the understanding of it because it's not like adult in the there's no depravity or anything like that. The only thing we get is a kiss in the elevator right before he stumps the guy's face, and it's just like. It's so many moments of what actual love and romance is, which is moments of talking and and sometimes not talking, but just understanding. And but also him like kissing her before he does it is like the last moment of like, yes, hey man, this is the last moment you can see me as any as sort you, of romantic partner because I'm about to kick this guy's face in. I mean, he didn't know he was gonna, but he's like, this is the last time you're gonna be able to see me the way you see me. Mm-hmm. And like in the way they shot it, in the lighting, god damn is, I mean, again rewatching this movie a decade later was so worth it. Yeah, I, I really liked it. That's what was great about like again I've I've said this line a few times of beauty and violence. Like that moment was one of those. I think the moment I, I love the bit when he goes into the uh, this um, the strip club and yes, because you've got like it's well shot. And then, like, you just got him, but, like, the the way that no, the shot... Just not going to say that, because I'm 34 years old. Why would I say that? Shay, why would you say that? Go I, ahead. I was going to say, you've got, like, um, lots of, you know, beautiful women sitting around. Um, beautiful women. And, and the, yes. But then, but then like, there's him in the middle of the room with a hammer over... There. Well, and they, well, when he walks in, just smashes the guy's hand, and he falls yeah. on the ground. It's well shot, because you get, like, the above, above the action shot. You get him walking in behind, and then... And you just get this beautiful shot, like with the lit up room, like it's like a Hollywood dressing room. The girls singing, or just a strip club dressing room. Yeah, I digress. Um, Never been there. (laughs) Um, and then and the the girls are just kind of sitting around, like this is normal, which is like that's um, fucked. That's the L.A. shit that you were talking about, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like that's like the fine. The fact they don't run out, especially that's what I'm talking about. The fine line between beauty and violence, and it can happen at the same time because you've got this guy like. This so guy's literally, literally, literally ready to punch this bullet into this guy's head with a hammer, and that would have like, been dope. Too. Cool, cool, but... you know, cool, yeah, yeah. The fact he makes him choke on it as well is like great. Yeah, like, I fucking love that. But yeah. like, that's again, like, there's this, there's, there's moments in this movie where we get, where we get such a beautiful moment, and then violence, and sometimes at the same time, um, and it's all beautifully shot too. Like again, like winning ref in his direction but then like his cinematographer and all that on the movie was just so 
they just had this vision for this movie and that's what i respect about it so much uh, above all of the stuff we've talked about like i mean we talked about acting we've talked about the the storyline the script and all that stuff but just every, all of that coming together with a vision for how it's meant to be meant to look like the the neon soaked aspect of it the uh you know rarely focusing on la there's no real like la uh landmarks um i there's one point he drive, and there's one point i only caught like this these rewatches he drives past the hollywood bowl at one point because i see the 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 street the sign that's in the middle of the street i wouldn't have known that if I, i've been there tw- i've been to the hollywood bowl twice in the last few months for a couple of shows I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have known that that's the street he he drove down if I hadn't been there. So there's all these parts of the movie that are that are very much just they're just parts of LA, and there's there's no obvious. There's no like gratuitous. Other than the Clippers stuff, like I wouldn't have known. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like right away, then I know that we're like in Southern California, Mm. but I don't think it's totally based in LA. Other than that scene, unless you tell me, yeah, yeah, so. Like yeah, especially me saying yeah, I know where that Denny's is that she works. Exactly. Like, yada, yada, yada. But like, yeah, it's it's like such a movie that is very much an LA movie because obviously it's it's got the Holly. He's a driver for Hollywood movies and all that stuff. But it's just like it just shows a side. Like it again, it just shows a side that isn't LA at the same time. Like it was true LA rather than Hollywood LA. So yeah, I love true yeah. LA. Um, yeah. like. Uh, True Detective season two really tried to do that. It's definitely the worst season of that show that's ever existed. But I still haven't watched it. I've only watched season one. Still. I actually I mean, like. I, I want to catch up with them. everybody else, but LA is a character in it. Mm. Like, I like shit where LA is a character. Chinatown. Um. Yeah. Fucking. Um. Uh, yeah. Something else we just watched. L- well, nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> Heat. Yeah. Collateral. Yeah. There's uh, so many. Another Michael yeah. Mann one, but yeah, there's a lot of movies, but. Anyway, I think it's a movie that uh, I one more thing I wanted to say about before we get to tomatoes and Do stuff. It. Um, I love the last kill. Um, again, is just so much atmosphere and stuff like that. When he kills Nino and he like drives him off the cliff and all that stuff. Yeah, that's not the last kill, by the way. But oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, it is. It is burnt. Yeah, the end one. But like, I mean. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, the Bernie Rose kill, but which is obviously Albert Brooks. But the that, penultimate that, kill. The penultimate kill. Which really... That, which is... He's the guy that actually is the reason that all this stuff goes down. Because, I mean, Albert Brooks' Bernie says, like, why did you fucking go after this guy? You could have just taken the money. Like, it's the principle, all that stuff. Like, And it's always it's always crooks getting too far into their principles rather than just sticking to cold hard business well i don't think he's a yeah 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 yeah. no 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 no, i'm not talking about the driver i'm talking about bernie and and nino but what bernie's saying is like why didn't you just take the money and like go somewhere and it's like because that's not what he is he's not a crook right wait nino no like when bernie is like why don't you why didn't you just take the money and go oh for for the driver sorry i'm talking about like Nino yeah. could have taken the money in the because because they because he had it. Well, Nino didn't have to do any of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean... yeah, anyway, I love I love like one of my favorite things about that kill at the end uh, for Nino anyway is how horror movie it is. It's very atmospheric. Oh, it's very yeah. Mask. Yeah. He has like... a mask on. It's very like the way he's standing over him, the way it's shot. It's very like 
uh michael myers i think i've seen it it's been written about too like people have written about it so i I just in case anyone's listening to this goes i've said that i'm like i'm acknowledging i don't know who said it but i know people have said it but like it's something i noticed when i watched it as well as like as a big you know me i'm a a horror movie guy i'm big you know i like all movies but no horror movies are my escape and uh halloween is a movie i watched for a long time and just the way he's standing over him and the yep. foggy, the foggy kind of atmosphere and, yeah. and all that stuff is just the uh, lighthouse, like yes. showing yeah. on it for a little bit, but like not showing you the gruesome parts. Yeah, and, and even when they're when uh, Ron Perlman's Nino's in the car and he's like, he's just he like, all right. he's like, all right, no. Well, even before that, when he's like, they've been hit and he's like, they kind of they've kind of recovered a little. He's like, all right, let's go. And then just you can see, you can actually see the car in the background, but you don't realize it's there until the lights come on, and it's just like. It's such horror movie kind of direction, and it's just it's just fantastic. Yeah. So I just wanted to make a note of that because that yeah, was, it was amazing. That was just something that, that tickled my taint a little bit, you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, tomatoes, uh, tomatoes. It's an interesting one. So I haven't seen. I haven't seen so yeah, I know is... you. You said that at the start, and I was like, all right, this will, this will be interesting for you because so it's a ninety three percent on tomatoes. <laughs> For the critics, for the critics, okay, it's a seventy-nine percent audience score, which I think uh, somewhat goes to what we were saying about uh, the discrepancy between what people that understood the movie goes, and then you know the general audience that have viewed it. Uh, also, a seven point eight on IMDb, and a four uh, four out of five on Letterbox, which is pretty good for Letterbox actually. I think like the uh, Letterbox audience have got it kind of boxed off pretty well. I've given okay. it a I, I have a five out of five on Letterboxd on it. It's just how much of a masterpiece yeah, I find it. You're super into it. I would uh, give it on tomatoes um an eighty two, I think. Eighty two percent. What? I would that's, give it an eighty two. Killed me. That has destroyed my soul. That's good. It's good. But you gave what you gave nice nice guys like ninety six or ninety seven? Yeah, I love nice guys. Okay, I mean, so it's, it's purely subjective. It's purely subjective. What what are we doing? <laughs> what, what what are we doing? Yeah, of course it's subjective. It's my fucking rating. <laughs> you fucking cunt. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? <laughs> of course it's subjective. No, no, I agree. I I just I was just like I was I was a little bit surprised. I'm I'm giving ninety five. I'm like I'm. No? I think this movie is a is a uh, it's Wolf Creek all over again. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, it's sorry, very- I wasn't. I, I like no, I'm not. I'm not. I, I, you know, I never give you shit about your. Actually, no, I do all the time. <laughs> all the time. No, I like. I just. I actually was just. I it literally. I was a little bit shocked that it was that low, but you know, you're still above the audience score, so you're slightly. I think better. like B minus is what you're, I would give. He's slightly better than the plebiscite. I just needed. Uh, this feels so lame saying it now. So maybe like I would raise my, but like I need to know more about like why Driver is Driver. See, that's what I, I like about it. I like that's what I like about yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah I get that too. Like I think it's a choice. Like I think it's a cool choice. But also, it's just like, man, if you just like add a little bit more <laughs> like humanity in you. This shit didn't need to happen, dude. And if you would explain to me why, and it's like kind of yeah, whatever. Well, I can tell you from the from the book, it's um yeah. His mom was like 
mentally fucked yeah, up. Of course, of course she was. And of course there's a backstory and, to it. And, I just and, don't know it. So I don't and, Yeah, and stabbed his dad in the throat at the at the dinner table and, and did all this stuff and then yeah, and, the, I, and the driver talks more in the book and he, he goes out drinking with a bunch of different people and it's just like it's not it doesn't actually I, I just from the book I I prefer the I prefer how they took the character in. Um by the way, like spoiler alert as well for the book. I don't know. If you have any other listeners who are still listening to us, hey mom. Uh <laughs> wanna bad. read the book? No, probably. Yeah. Not also, my mom doesn't know I have a podcast, so but if she did, she would not listen to it. Um, anyway. <laughs> well, then, no cheers to Bob, then that's fine for a second. I thought she was a listener. No, um, but I'll get her uh, a regardless. No, but um, also, yeah, this is, I mean, let's uh, Irene in the book is Irina. She's uh, this was a, this was a small controversy when the movie came out. Was like the fact that they oh uh, they they whitewash it. Yeah, but then apparently, like it wasn't anything nefarious. It was just Nicholas Wending Refn, uh, just I think I can't remember if Mulligan auditioned for it. If he just saw a tape and was just like, she's just she's just well, the she's one. She's amazing. Yeah, first of all, and she so, was super hot. By hot, I mean in the industry. But she was super yeah, hot she, back because, like yeah, Gatsby, yeah. she was about to play um, Daisy and Gatsby at the same and time. I, and I think she'd been in the uh, fuck. What was the movie? Two thousand nine. She'd been nominated for an Oscar for. Uh... God damn it! The movie where she's like a student and she gets like fucking. I can't remember. I, she'd been nominated for a best actress Oscar anyway. So yeah. she was she was in a moment as well. Like, and she was, yeah. and obviously she. As we've talked about already, she played this role so beautifully well, and and very. Do we think that her character in this film ended up becoming the promising young woman? <laughs> well, there's there's a segue. I know that's around. not who that the title's about, but yeah, do we yeah. think that she became that? Maybe. Who's to say? No, I hope so. Yeah, you know, I have my thoughts on promising young woman. We'll do that oh, movie at amazing. some point. We'll do that movie at some point. I don't think we're capable. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe when I can can finally convince Andrea to come on. Um, Oh, yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. Talk about me. All right. Anyway. Yeah, I can't remember where I was going before. Sorry. That's good. That's good. Um, Let me let me read off the end like this, this, this little bit from the director. He said, creating drive can be compared to Hans Christian Andersen writing fairy tale. Set in the imaginary world of Los Angeles, drive is veiled in reality. Everything looks and feels real, but it is infused with pure fantasy. The heroes in the story, a knight, a fair maiden, a dragon, and a wizard, drift through this artificial dreamscape, dreamscape searching to fulfill their purpose, each traveling through their own kismet-driven odyssey. I directed drive on intuition and instinct alone, feeding the unadulterated desire for more. Yeah, I fucked up there. Anyway, desire for more like really good cocaine. He knows knows us. Except I couldn't see its color palette. I have been colorblind all my life. I couldn't write its its words. I have been dyslexic all my life. I felt drive. It's electric energy pulsing through me. Like neon liquid drive flow through my veins revealing my own life in its reflection drive is about the kiss i've only ever kissed one woman in my entire life which gets to what we were saying before about the that moment 
drivers about the drivers about but then this is my beauty and violence thing because the next line is drivers about the violence fueled by my therapeutic decadence drivers about love not mortal love but the eternal love found only when the supreme and divine existence takes form in teenage love's illusion drive is imperfect because i am imperfect it is 100 percent me a blank canvas with a touch of pink neon does that just sum up? Like, I know we've just rambled for two hours plus, but I th- I feel like we kind First of... First of all, I'm never taking the title of Pretentious Shay again after hearing that. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. That's maybe the most pretentious thing I've ever heard. I respect it, but I'm just <laughs> saying. That's maybe the most pretentious thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And I've watched the Safties talk about their movies. I know I've sat, so, in bar, I've sat in a bar and heard you talk about movies, so that's the most pretentious thing I've heard in my entire life. Don't regret anything, just like the director. <laughs> no, but like so I'm sorry, I, we have good taste. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm glad I held that because I actually meant to read that at the start of the second half, and then I forgot, and then I was like, no, I'll just hold that to the end. And I think what you and I have done in this weird way has covered that right because i my whole thing has been like my thing when i was watching the movie was just beauty and violence beauty and violence the whole time that was my like thesis i took out of it was just this like how the world is is just beauty and violence all the way through and then like when i read that like i only read that because this is like a it, it may not show up in the podcast but um like the the disc the box that i have has this like this thing over this no nah, it's not gonna show up um it has this thing over the back. And so I hadn't actually read that. Like there was a cover over the, there was like a sticker thing over the back of the the box that, and I pulled it off and I was just like, Oh, there's some writing here. I only read it like yesterday. I've had this box set for like uh, six months or a year now. And so I'd only read that after I'd kind of come up with my notes and stuff for it. And rather than sitting there going around reading it going, Oh no, this changes everything. I was just like, no, this sums up everything. And I, I felt like it was a really good. And now that I've, and I'm glad I didn't. I I thought about sending it to you, by the way. Um, but I was like, no, let's have the discussion and see where it ends up and see if. And I feel like we've kind of covered that in a way that it's just. Oh, for sure. It's just a beautiful chaos of a movie that, um. Yeah, that is that is so well refined. It's so the movie's so well refined and everything it does. It's very deliberate and all those things. Um but is is so chaotic at the same time but it's it's so deliberately chaotic and beautiful and all those things it's just like it's just such a i i feel it's one of my i i don't know if i did a top 10 movies of the 20 of the 2000s where it would sit but i think it's in there well it'd be the 2010s no i'm talking about since the year two. i'm talking about this oh shit i'm talking about this century i think it's in there for me at the moment all right as far as its impact on me, like it's not, it's kind of like when I. Talk I like about, it. I'm not uh, I'm like I like it, and I agree with what he said. It's just extremely pretentious, but mm. like I have no problem with that. Like a lot of like to be to make great art, you you have to really believe in yourself and your vision. So yeah. it's just like fucking do it. And if the shit you say after you make it is super pretentious, it's like yeah, that's what it took to make it. So just fucking mm. enjoy the <laughs> art and deal with like yeah the ego and the hubris that comes with it yeah. like i mean i have no and problem I, and I don't think it's like it's even that he he just he kind of just says his true belief in his vision for it because like 
Um, and by <laughs> the way, it's, like it's an and, extreme self-aggrandization. But yes, and yeah, but you, like that's but, what that's, that's what it what, takes to make your vision. Like yeah. you have to believe in yourself. Like. Yes. Yeah. Any anyone uh, by the way like I wanted to get to it, so we'll finish up on this. Um well we'll fit, this is just a minor note. He won best director at the 2011 Cannes Film Festival so pretty prestigious. Better than Oscars. Yeah. Um ironically uh this was the this is the same Cannes that uh, Lars von Trier uh, made comments about sympathy uh what well, I don't want he said he understood Hitler at um and that was interesting. So, and and Nicholas Winding Refn came out and said that was fucking horrible that he said that. So, and since then, just a just a I'm not shitting on Lars von Trier. It's just like it was an iconic. I'll shit on him. I didn't know about that. I didn't no, know no, that. he came. He, he. I mean, we know Lars von Trier movies. He has major. They're good. Sure, major issues. Like... Uh, he has major mental health issues that he's publicly talked about and. He just said, I didn't mean it that way. I was, and uh, he was actually just trying to make a very, he says he was trying to make a very dark joke. And lots of people like Kirsten Dunst and Skellen Skarsgård and all that came out afterwards and said, if you know Lars, he doesn't believe that he was just drunk and made a bad joke. So take in what you will. Been there, done that, except about. Yeah. Nazis. But anyway, that was the podcast will forever tell to fuck off. And that no, was the, oh absolutely, but that was the con that this this film uh, won best director at. So, and ironically, um, you know the the Oscars of that year, uh, Terrence Malick, who won best picture at Cannes for Tree of Life, and was nominated for Tree of Life at that Oscars. You know, Nicholas Winding Refn didn't get nominated for the best directing Oscar for this film. And it just kind of goes to show that as much as you and I are both Oscar, like we we sit down and watch the Oscars every year and take in the mad the uh, the kind of majesty and all that kind of the 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 colors and we we enjoy the show but we we understand it's an imperfect idea of the understanding of the best films of that year because Drive should have been in there more than just best sound editing because I think when you see a movie get best director at Cannes, then I mean yeah. Con yeah. doesn't translate to the Oscars very often, and it's like. But I look at, and this is not. I'm not being a dick about that that year of the Oscars, but it was a, that was a year that um. So I, for example, um, this is just. Off I the, can't even uh, remember, man. It's twelve. Well, years this is ago. off the top of my head. Carrie Mulligan. Do you think she had a better performance in Drive than Melissa McCarthy had in Bridesmaids? No, <laughs> I love that performance personally. I think comedy should be recognized more often. No, too. no, but but which which took more personal, which dove into the person more? Right, but what is do, that what do you what, think? dude? This is not the for the the wind down. This is not the conversation. We no, nope, I want yeah, the conversation. Dude, I think comedy should be more represented in the Oscars, and it's definitely not. You know, no, no, that's that's fair, but. Do you think that Carrie Mulligan deserves to be nominated for Best Supporting Actress? Yes. Who else was nominated that year? All right, let me let let, let just uh. No, fuck that. All right, let's just keep rolling. But like, no, 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 no. we're we're on this now. This is this is the this is like if you want to tune out at this point, we're gonna go for another ten minutes here. But um, because I I did this I did this uh, Octavia Spencer won for the help. There you go. 
She deserved it, probably. I never saw the help. I think it was overrated. And I hate saying that, but... Um, <sighs> We've reached the pretentious uh, <laughs> version of the pod. Two different but, people got nominated for Best Supporting Actress for the Help, by the way. That's what, that's what like... What, I, Emma Stone? No, Emma Stone got... Didn't even get nominated for Best Actress. No, Emma Stone was not nominated at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's that, that's like, what, fake that's white what guilt. That, that, anyway, this is my point. Is like, that, oh, the Oscars, oh, I don't want to say fake white guilt. Like, for us, I'm saying fake white guilt of the Oscars. They do that shit all the time. They're just like, yeah. uh, like By the way, like, best, best Picture, which at this like point... Like Green Book, for example. Yeah, exactly. Best Picture, uh, which Drive was not involved in at all, not nominated. Let me run through the movies. The Artist, which won, n- nothing against that. The Descendants. Amazing. Extreme. Extreme, oh yeah, I love the Descendants. Extremely loud and incredibly close. The Help, uh, Hugo, Midnight in Paris, which again we love. I love that one. Yeah, Moneyball, great movie. Yeah. The yeah. Tree, The Tree of Life, and War Horse. Steven Spielberg's War Horse. Like, like nothing against nothing against Spielberg, but I just feel like at some he point, hasn't made a good movie in a long time. I'm sorry. And let's Warhol, talk about that. And Warhol, you also, pretentious hour. Like I'm sorry, he hasn't made a good film in a long time. And again, that's my point. That's my point. Is like Warhorse was a great Hollywood, you know, money spinner. Like and and well made. Like it's better than a lot of the shit that's put out. But it didn't deserve. About a fucking be, horse, dude. It didn't deserve to be best picture above Drive. Is my point. Um, I mean, and, been half of those movies, dude. I, mean, I think we've come a long I mean, way with the Oscars of representing good stuff. Yeah, and especially that was at the point when we did move to having ten movies as best picture rather than five, and then we still don't get Drive in there. Like, and it's that's a just, joke. and that's just like my point mainly is just like, yeah, don't ever use the Oscars as your pure base of understanding of every year in film because if Nick I think they've gotten it, better though. I will say that. I was it a little bit better, but again, it still sometimes comes on the fact that maybe when a director has something under their belt, because Winding Refn was still very like this was his first truly American film. If this was the movie he made after he'd done four or five that had gotten some attention, maybe this movie gets more attention. That's what's kind of fucked up about the Oscars. It's all campaigning and who you know and all that. Well, back then, I think it's gotten better. Like Parasite winning, I mean, I think that's a big deal. Like, yeah. But again, right. still, it, like, but Bong Jun Ho had that made. I don't mean to like back he, the Oscars either. I don't it. really give a fuck. It's a bunch of old white dipshits. Yeah, but uh, I think they're doing a better job, and they want to do a better job now than they did back then. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah no, I get that. I just, I, I just like five years out. before Oscars, so white and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like, I mean, Drive easily should like. I don't even know the movies that were made back then, but I can guarantee there's like four other movies that should have been over those. Like I, nobody, not to go all Bill Simmons, but like who is still talking about the movie The Help? Like yeah, who's talking no about one. it? It goes the same with Green Book. Who's talking about that? Yeah. We're talking about movies from those years that resonate mm-hmm. a long time in the future. Like, I mean ironically yeah. i think like the movie that's being talked about the most since then is moneyball like people just that movie is rewatchable it's um good movie midnight in paris probably the other one i think yeah. the art the artist i like i like midnight in paris a lot i mm. honestly like top three woody allen films i i know that's like 
untouchable ground now but whatever he was a great filmmaker and you know whatever we talked about roman polanski films which is like considerably or at least the same like fucked up but um midnight in paris was amazing and like i'm shocked that it was nominated now to way mm-hmm. the way the oscars are because it is a comedy like yeah. i cannot imagine a comedy being nominated now so that's what that's what that's kind of where i'm going with like the fact that uh you have I think it was just a weak year, to be honest. Like, um, I don't know the best adapt. Rise Bride's Bay didn't get nominated. Honestly, it was an amazing film. I like Bride- that more than like seventy percent of the best films nominated. I'm just not say. as big a. I'm just I Bridesmaids. I find fine, but it's just like <sighs> I. I'm not, right, that's fair. I'm not a huge fan of it. So and I got they, and I got two two Academy Award nominations at least that I can see here, and and Drive got one for sound editing. When it had better performances than I think, I think when you and this is something you and I have talked about doing, and we'll do it at some point, is we'll re Oscar twenty eleven, and I think it'll it'll be interesting to see how it comes out because well, every year I think is our plan, not just twenty eleven. Oh, yeah, no, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, no, it is like we like we want to go back at some like we'll figure out a way to do the it. The ones like, that are the worst, like the worst, like in ninety. Oh, no, I, I even think it would be fun to go back and do like the years that it's all. Because I think we, if you actually look back on those years, you still find movies that you could slot in there and stuff. You could, yeah, maybe they'll be that, maybe they'll be longer or shorter episodes. Who knows? But you go, you just go, yeah, so yeah. And I think 2011 is one of those years that just like the artist and Hugo tied for five Oscars each, which like, just... you know, like Hugo, like that's like a Scorsese movie that got the most Oscars for him. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's, just like, like it, it's like no one remembers it. I'm not gonna. I don't want to sound. I mean, you remember it as Scorsese trying to make a children's movie, I would think. But yeah, um, yeah. And and it's and it's like from what I remember, like I've only seen it once, but it's like it's a, it's a beautiful movie. But it's just like it just, I just look at that year and go like I think what Wending Refn did with Drive was like groundbreaking in a way and deserved the best director it was so far ahead of it well not even ahead of its time because i don't think it's time even exists like it exists yeah. in this like yeah. in between and it's just like it's almost like tron like yeah. we talked about earlier it's like this like and i'm not just talking the music it just like exists in between like categories and stuff and it's just yeah 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 so it, it's 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 fascinating to think about these things in in film history and and how we remember it and how it's and how it is remembered because i think and that's why i think my main point to that without wanting to get into a melissa mccarthy versus carrie mulligan argument <laughs> was just that first of all carrie mulligan should have won for promising young woman but anyway i don't guess yeah well I, and i would and again i'll go back and argue that i think she was better in drive than she wasn't even in that because i think drive just took i un- completely disagree with you but i think whatever. drive took an understated perform like a like a and a performance that truly took Two different roles, for sure. Yeah. Drive took, like... Drive, you had to tap into pure, like, some human emotion that is just so deep within your soul that you don't even understand is there. Um, they promising, like, your friend... Not, whatever. Whatever. No, we're not... No, this no, is no, not... No, no, no. Yeah. No, I'm just... I'm trying to... I'm trying this to... It's not the to, area of this I'm podcast. Trying to, I, was, I was trying to finish off, actually, and just say... All that, right, go ahead. Go and, try ahead. That, and try to say that Drive tapped into some pure human emotions that are very... That are very... like, And it's not that other movies don't, but it's like it tapped into those emotions without making them a song and dance. They had to do it without 
and it had to be subtle and it had to be had to be the story had to be told the eyes and the and the and the flicker of the eyelashes and and the and the quiver and the quiver of the lips when you're upset and all those kind of different things that that you do as as we do as real humans rather than in movies and that's what drive kind of achieved while making a kind of pulpy neon soaked movie at the same time and that's what's beautiful Very pulpy. about it yeah I love that's that description and that's what's beautiful about it is it tapped into both of those things and I think that's a very unique, and that's why I think what makes this movie so unique is that it it tapped into the most uh, most real human depiction of emotion whilst doing this, whilst doing that pulpy action, ultra violent, ugly violence at times, and too. so many different emotions. Yeah, for everybody. Yeah, yeah. and I, I and I keep looking as we film as we're recording this. Both of us have the uh, our little background on. I see Carrie Mulligan's kind of half smile and and i just see that and i just see that as like her performance was just so perfectly beautifully understated but also said so much and same with gosling and i just think those kind of performances need to be rewarded as much as the over the top ones that the oscars sometimes do and that's I... why that's why i think drive as a movie overall has been misunderstood is that there's so many things it does so beautifully well but it's also done so understated that it's just no one's captured it quite. Yeah, but right. we explained what we. I I feel like we explained why it wasn't received. Yeah, oh, you know, we did. We did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, again, I think I don't want to defend the Oscars. So it's just whatever. It deserved more. A lot of films we love deserve more, but at the same time, I think it makes them better because they didn't get it because it means that the stupid masses didn't totally buy in and it's yeah. just like well you, yeah whatever yeah we yeah. are pretentious at the end of the day yeah shay's more pretentious but that's what they tell me we both are in a way i'm doing these hand motions i don't know why i'm just like i'm just like fucking ricky bobby like <laughs> put your hands down anyway I think we're about I think we're about tapped out on it, but I, I fucking love this movie. I could talk about it for a twenty four hour podcast, but that would be that would be pretentious. Um, One day we'll do it and yeah. it'll be about a movie that's not to be announced yet, but one day we'll do it. I there is a movie that you and I could talk about for twenty four straight hours mm-hmm. and on stream. And, and if we ever have it, enough listeners, we will do a live stream of it. And we will raise money for charity. So, yes. listen, please yeah. listen. Yeah, please listen because it's going to be for charity in the future. So, yeah, that's the thing. 24 hours. I'm down. I'll be asking for Bernie Rose to stab me in the stomach by the end of it. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, until next time, let's pour some popcorn, pints and pints, and pop some film. My partner is a belligerent asshole with his back up against a wall. And now. So am I. The asshole. <laughs> <laughs>